quarterback stinks. Most of the players stink. The coaches stink. The head coach definitely stinks. And no one mentions at any point in any such analysis that a whole bunch of really important players have missed a lot of time to injury. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevich of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots on the other two teams in town that I cover, the Penguins and the Pirates, and I hope you'll check those out as well. Cam Hayward has been the Steelers' preeminent defensive lineman of this century, and I don't think that's exaggerating it in any way. If you go from 2000 onward, yeah, you've had some really, really good ones. You've had some great ones. And then you've had Cam. And we saw just last season and really even into the very beginning of this season that when he's healthy, when he's on, he's still just a monster out there. He's a handful, both from the physical standpoint and from the schematic standpoint, because he can really, really mess with you as an opposing offense and what you want to do and what you hope to do and where you think he might be and where he actually ends up. And he's missed half the season and not not to, you know, make excuses for him because this is the last thing he'd want, but He's still feeling it. You can tell he's not all the way back. You can tell that he pushed to come back ahead of schedule with that groin tear. Never gets mentioned. Notice that? Never gets mentioned. And the names don't stop with Cam. This team went through a long stretch or continues to go through a long stretch, meaning moving forward, Without Minka Fitzpatrick, who's still, by the way, uncertain for Sunday. He didn't practice yesterday. Deontay Johnson, who's only been back for a couple of weeks, but missed a lot of time. Your only possession receiver. Your only real possession receiver. Pat Fryermuth, the only the only individual maybe at any level of the organization who has a presence in the middle of the field. As it relates to the offense, he was back to practice yesterday and maybe, though hardly a sure thing, he'll inspire Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett and everybody else to remember that the middle of the field does in fact exist, but he hasn't been around for a while. Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander go down for the season in consecutive games. The inside linebacker position that everyone was fretting about, and rightly so, for two straight years, had finally been fixed up. No, they weren't, you know, going to be all pros or anything, but only one's left standing now in Landon Roberts. Big, big losses. Again, not being mentioned. Anthony McFarland is a guy who I wouldn't expect a whole lot of people to mention because everything that he was supposed to mean to this offense pretty much played out in Latrobe and in the preseason, but it was real. It doesn't mean he was going to be good. It does mean that they were going to give a real shot, and maybe they still will. But he was gone 
for half the season. How many names do I have now? Seven. And I'm obviously not covering all of the various injuries. I'm not covering the game that Kenny missed. And no one ever wants to hear this sort of thing, and I get that. But when you're talking about a team that has, beyond any discussion or dispute, gutted out six wins in nine games, and you're wondering, whoa, how have they gotten outgained every single week? How have they pulled this off? There's a lot of focus on the negatives and not nearly as much on what it's taken to overcome this sort of thing just to get the result. Appearance be damned. I'm going to remind you of something that TJ Watt told me leaving the locker room at Akershire Stadium heading into the bye week. When in just casual conversation, I had said something along the lines of, you know, looks like some stuff is starting to come together and whatever else. And he just said, dude, all we need is our health. And I'm going to admit to you that when he said that, first off, I didn't know that he had the finger injury and whatever else that didn't become known until a few days later. But when he said that, I kind of had the same response that you might be having in hearing this. I hadn't really thought about it a whole lot. I hadn't really thought about the fact that they've got more parentheses after their names in the roster listings than most teams do. I hadn't really thought about how each individual loss carries over its effect into some other player or some other position or even the offense or the defense as a whole. And I also hadn't thought about how an injury might make another player way more important than anyone could have anticipated. And as I'm even saying that to you right now, because I don't operate from scripts in doing this show, it occurs to me that I'm leaving out Montrevious Adams. And you can roll your eyes at my mentioning Adams, except that in Cam's absence, he was the Steelers' very best run stopper up front. You remember the literal impact this man was making. He's been out for a couple weeks with the rolled ankle. He might not be back this week. These are significant pieces pulled from the Jenga puzzle. And every time you do that, something else crumbles just a little bit. Something else has to be either replaced or fortified. And you can reach the point where DeMonte Casey is carrying your secondary or trying to. You can reach the point where, you know, you can want Levi Wallace out of the lineup, but you can't have him out of the lineup. You can want Keanu Neal out of the lineup. And his interception aside the other day, he hasn't been very good. You can want... You know, Mark Robinson to come in and be the inside linebacker because you remember how dynamic he can be in preseasons with his tackling and how quick he is to close on somebody. But then you're going to see how he is in pass coverage. These are real things. No, I'm not asking for any accompaniment on the violin here today. But I do think it's a very real factor and... It's not okay that it never seems to come up. When we come back, J1Q.
This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Before I get to today's J1Q, I, I just gotta say, I feel like such a heel for having left out Montrevious Adams until like near the end. I guess it maybe even proves my own point that I, I'm sitting there making a list and I forgot about him. I'm picturing Montrevious driving to the practice facility, by the way, <laughs> turning, turning on this show and listening to this and going, dude, dude, what do I not exist? Keegan has our J1Q for the day and says, DK, I want Kenny Pickett to succeed so badly, but let's assume that he just doesn't for a minute. What's next? Do the Steelers need to have a sense of urgency with TJ Watt here? Uh, Are the Steelers really going to hit reset and find their guy in the next draft? Or would Omar Khan be aggressive and go get someone like a Kirk Cousins? I can't shake the fact that the Steelers need to win now. For TJ, for Cam Hayward, for guys like George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth who might look to greener pastures for receiving success. We have so many pieces here, and I'm worried that the window may be starting to close. I, I wouldn't worry too much about windows, Keegan. This team is not going to win the Super Bowl this season. I hate to break anybody's hearts here, okay? I've actually already booked a plane ticket to cover the Penguins in Winnipeg on the day of the Super Bowl. So now I know for a fact, and you know for a fact, that the Steelers will not be making the Super Bowl because that just wouldn't be the kiss of death on a non-refundable Air Canada fare, would it? Kenny's going to get an opportunity. That's the best way to answer this. Kenny's going to get a look this season. I believe Kenny's going to get a look next season. Uh, not unconditionally. I think if he were to really struggle like this for the remainder of this season, you would see Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan put together another scenario where maybe they push him in a different way, remembering that Mitch Trubisky is signed into 2024, that wouldn't be it. That wouldn't feel like urgency because you've already kind of entrenched Mitch as the backup and everybody feels that and nobody really takes seriously the threat that Mitch could come in and just hijack the job. You know what I'm saying? Mitch is going to come in and do exactly what we just saw, which is throw into triple coverage. But the draft? Yeah. Here's how I feel about the draft, obviously, months out as it relates to a quarterback. A, just to repeat it for emphasis, Kenny's going to get this chance, so he could render this entire thing moot. B, if he doesn't, there's never any harm in drafting a quarterback high. There just isn't. Now, if you have Ben Roethlisberger here, you know, you're going to think twice about wasting your picks. Or Ben's going to get mad about it, if you'll recall that, when Mason Rudolph was drafted, saying we could have gotten an inside linebacker. And he was right, actually, because Ryan Shazier needed to be replaced that season. But for the most part, you're going to see that when teams run into a quarterback in their draft selection process that they really like, 
unless they've got their Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or someone in that category, why wouldn't they be open to taking a quarterback? Look at it this way. Not every quarterback, young quarterback who gets drafted high has to be the Jordan Love type, meaning the Steve Young that's brought in just to be there whenever Joe Montana's done. I think that's the way a lot of us, myself included, think about quarterbacks. It's just a dream come true when you have that franchise guy and he's there for you for 10 to 15 years, but right near the end, you can bring in that understudy to come in and learn the trade and be there for you just to kind of calm your nerves, okay? Well, if you look around the league, you're not going to find many examples of this. You're going to find a lot more that fit the Kirk Cousins thing that you described. You're going to find a lot more that just say, listen, this kid's not working out. What about this uh, Ryan Tannehill dude over here? Let's give him a shot. Well, then you can look at the two New York teams and the various uh, futile efforts that they've made between the Jets and the Giants to go get your franchise quarterback you know, out of the draft. You're picking so high. Get your Daniel Jones. Get your Zach Wilson. But then when one or both of them bombs out, what do they do? They go, you know, knocking on Aaron Rodgers' door at, at age 40-something. For every C.J. Stroud that materializes somewhere, and maybe Will Levis will do that as well, there's a ton of these other guys. And it doesn't matter where you're drafting. It doesn't matter if you trade it up. It doesn't matter if it was first overall. Some make it, some don't. Some fail because they were just badly scouted. And some fail because they just fold once they get under the lights. So to try to actually answer your question here, I would think of this in the same spirit that you do the way the Steelers approach wide receiver in every draft. Doesn't it feel like they've just kind of set the second round aside for wide receivers anymore? Like no matter how many they have, no matter how supersonic, uber spectacular they might look as rookies or whatever, they're still going to get themselves a second round wide receiver for a couple of reasons. One is that wide receivers tend to run really, really deep in every class. The other reason is that you just don't know. You just don't know. And it's such a valuable position that you don't just need one of them. You need two or three. Well, with quarterbacks, you do only need just one. But it's it's work to find that one. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. Going to do another one of these tomorrow.